over a year, teens were free from peers' expectations to blend in with their straight cisgender peers. This lack of social norms left many teens much room to explore their sexuality and gender identity. But with a return to school comes a return to social norms, expectations, and pressure from peers. Today's episode of Community is going to be about how well to high school students who realized they were LGBTQ+, or came out during the pandemic. Now that we're returning to school, a lot of these students are especially hard hit by having to face their peers again, after revising a big part of their understanding of who they are. I'm Ash Mehta, and you're listening to I personally identify as a non-binary lesbian, and though I realized I was a lesbian when I was 13, it took me a while to come to terms with it, and only over the pandemic did I begin to accept myself. I also came out as non-binary during the pandemic. I'd suspected for years, but only started seriously questioning during isolation. So I think a lot of people realized they were queer over the pandemic. Of course, this is just from what I've seen, since there haven't been any studies done on this yet. But definitely a fair amount of people realized they were queer because of COVID, not necessarily the pandemic part of it, so much as the self-isolation part. We were left alone to just sit in our own thoughts for over a year, which naturally led to self-discovery. We were also separated from almost any peer pressure, something that only isolation can accomplish. I know that I experienced a lot of expectations from my peers to act a certain way because of my biological sex. It felt like I was constantly pretending each time I'd wear a dress, each time I'd do my hair up all pretty, each time I'd suppress my masculinity and androgyny and be soft and feminine instead. Nowadays, these expectations and pressures are more subtle, but definitely still present. Suddenly, over COVID, those expectations were gone, and I realized I didn't actually feel like a girl. I didn't want to keep acting like a girl. Finally, there was an explanation for my utter detestation of being grouped into boys and girls, of even the smallest divisions. Finally, an explanation as to why I was so upset when I had to wear the girls' uniforms, when I was called a woman in STEM, when my pads were labeled feminine products. I don't know when I would have realized I was non-binary if it hadn't been for COVID. It might not have been until adulthood, and I would have lived so many more years suffering from intense dysphoria. And I know that my experience is not unique. I'm Eliza. My pronouns are she, her. I am pansexual and I am a junior I think for a lot of people it was a really hard time and it was also nice because you had a sense of like self-reflection so I think a lot of people were looking back on their gender and their sexuality and sort of questioning it when they were you know in the privacy of their homes and all the time in the world to google and take buzzfeed quizzes One of our sources who opted to remain anonymous had a lot to say as well. So I'm bisexual and identify as genderqueer, meaning I like to use he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. I don't just necessarily identify as like full man. I just kind of like "Mm, all the genders. I think I realized later, Mm -hmm. um, and I think I would have even thought about it because I'd, you know, I'd be too busy focusing on like fitting in to actually think like, hey, I feel weird. Maybe I can make this better. So what actually goes into questioning? There's so much to work through. Heteronormativity, denial, compulsory heterosexuality. Personally, I'd always viewed relationships as between a man and a woman, mostly because those were all the relationships I had ever been exposed to. I'm still trying to work past that, to realize that I wouldn't actually be happy in that Hollywood rom-com heterosexual romance and that sapphic relationships are just as substantial. That heteronormativity is definitely not just me. It's an almost universal queer experience. I think that heteronormativity is why questioning is such a difficult thing in the first place, why people don't just know their sexuality. It's why we needed the push from the pandemic. One of the unlikely but super influential factors in my questioning was social media. According to the Trevor Project, 96% of LGBTQ plus youth reported social media had a positive impact on their mental health and well-being. 
I wasn't really exposed to queer representation in the real world, at least until high school, but the internet definitely filled that lack of LGBTQ plus role models. I would have felt so much more alone and so much more scared had I not had the internet. It would have also taken me a much longer time to realize in the first place. One of our sources also realized a huge part of his identity because of social media. I met an online group and we've been chatting for about a year now and I've and we're all genderqueer and we'd be like, Hey, can you try this name or these pronouns and see how it feels? Mm-hmm. So I tried that and I was like, Oh my god, he him pronouns feel so good. This is so much better. And did the like pandemic sort of affect anything about your questioning or Eliza also found the internet critical for her questioning journey. Uh, I pretty much just Googled until I found something that fit. Mm-hmm. I also think for me and also a lot of other LGBTQ people I know, um, BuzzFeed quizzes were a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> They're essential. It's required material. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to minimize the negative impacts of the pandemic. Four and a half million lives have been lost worldwide, and there's such a disproportionate impact on LGBTQ plus youth. Only one third of queer youth found their homes queer affirming, so being stuck in those homes for a year was obviously horrible for a lot of these teens. And in general, 42% of LGBTQ plus youth seriously considered suicide this past year, with 21% of black queer youth attempting suicide. But coming back to school isn't that easy for queer youth either. Only 47% of LGBTQ plus teens find their schools a safe space. I'm so grateful to have grown up in an incredibly accepting school like Pali. And personally, I have a really supportive home environment, though I know that's not a case for a lot of teens, even Palo Alto teens. Even with all that, though, the idea of coming back to school is still terrifying. I didn't know how I'd deal with the misgendering, deadnaming, and potential hostility that I'd managed to escape at home. It was yet another layer of the fear I'd already felt on that first day. I'm constantly misgendered and deadnamed by peers, accidentally mostly, but it's still difficult and causes a lot of dysphoria. But at the same time, the school has been remarkably accepting, to a scale I would have never expected. I'm so grateful all my teachers asked about my pronouns and all of them are attempting to respect them. And most of my peers are accepting, which is incredibly rare, even in California. That being said, I'm only one side of the story. Every LGBTQ plus student at Pali has a different experience. I was a little nervous, but at the same time, I knew that everyone would be really accepting. Mm-hmm. And I came out uh, first week, like, I was like, hey, like, I'll use, I, I use Harvey and he, him now. Yeah. And people automatically switch like that. There was mm-hmm. no questions, nothing. It was just automatic. That's amazing. really nice because it gave me the courage to actually come out to my parents, who were mm-hmm. also very chill. It's amazing how far we've come, like, as as a school and everything pre-covid versus post-covid do you think like the environment at school around lgbtq plus people has like changed or do you think it hasn't changed at all or or people are starting to come out and realize like oh maybe i'm not straight mm-hmm. uh and i think that that's a really beautiful thing yeah i'm also seeing this year as freshmen between a lot of younger freshmen are out and have a queer identity which i think is just amazing yeah you know, the fact that can, like, identify as that earlier yeah I think at first it was, like, like a fairly large group of people, but just, like, one group. And now it's, like, every other person I see. So pe- I think people are a lot more forward with their gender expression. And just, like, all of my teachers ask us for our pronouns. Yeah. So it's been a really nice change where I feel like the community is expanding. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then is there anything else you want to say about like anything I asked about or anything you talked about or anything like that? No, I think we're good. Great. And then, oh, one last question I forgot to ask. Sorry. Uh, what would you say to other LGBTQ plus people um, at the school? I know n- not everyone has a great experience coming out or finding acceptance. So I think just being firm in your identity and knowing that it's okay to identify yourself as something now that makes you feel most comfortable mm-hmm. If you, and if you need to change it later you can well thank you Eliza and thank you all for listening to this podcast from KPLY for more great podcasts check out our SoundCloud or Spotify at KPLY Pally Radio a special thank you to all those interviewed and to Megatrax for providing music this has been Ash Mathan from KPLY <laughs>